I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome, 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 welcome to the show. You're back. You're here. Your headphones are comfortable. Your speakers are on high. My name is Cabby Richards, and I'm happy that you subscribed and are listening right now. Okay, a couple of things before I get to our guest. Uh, two stories, two quick stories. So I went to Montreal for the weekend, and I love that city. Um, you know, some of the hot spots uh, aren't so hot anymore, but then I guess you find new spots. Okay, let me start from the beginning. So I land in Montreal on, on Saturday, and uh, P.K. Subban leaves me a pair of tickets for the game versus Pittsburgh. But he forgot about me on the day. And by that, I mean, so, like, he got on his bat phone, and then he set me up with a, in a suite with his friend Joel which is a very nice recovery. And we get there, and the suite is full. So it's like, it was a nice recovery, but then, anyway, listen, I'm not going to complain, nor did I complain, because everything was great. The food, the atmosphere was awesome. And bad goaltending always leads to exciting hockey games. It was back and forth and back and forth, and that red light was glowing like it was New Year's Eve. 6-6 in regulation. And um, so before the game, I told my girls like uh, that there that three players, if they scored, scored for her. It was Brendan Prust, Colby Armstrong, and PK Subban. Prust, check. Subban, check. Colby, he apologized to my girl after the game. Even Sidney Crosby scored. Of course, Sidney Crosby scored. A guy always scores in Montreal. Brandon Sutter ended up scoring the uh, the game winner in overtime, and the Penguins left victorious. Game over. So before that, I met a dude in the suite named Denny, who was a passionate foodie. I mean, all foodies are, are passionate. And uh, he gave my girl and I a few suggestions for sushi spots and seafood spots. Among them were two restaurants by Chuck Hughes. Now, I don't run in circles where I know the name of the master chef. Like, I like certain spots but not so much that I pay close attention to the person who owns the place. Anyway, we go to a spot called Gal de Manger in Old Montreal, where the locals hang out. Old Montreal is like the hot spot in that city, where Saint Laurent, like, maybe like five, six years ago, was really hot, and that's, you know, shout out to Buenanote, because I have some of the, the, my best partying experiences at Buenanote, and actually the food was quite exceptional as well. Um, so anyway, so, uh, we get there at 11 PM and the kitchen closes at 1130 and the man- manager tells us to order quickly because the kitchen closing. Since I love food, I murdered the menu, lobster poutine immediately. And it was amazing. Food was amazing. And, 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 but what made the atmosphere in this sort of like this darkened rustic place was the music. We got in and they were playing soul and classic rock and like cool classic rock. And then like halfway through the meal or like into our appetizers, it switches to 90s R&B. And that 
really sort of piqued my interest. Like, this is, okay, 90s R&B. That's my wheelhouse. All of a sudden, Effin' Problems by ASAP Rocky, Drake, and Kendrick Lamar comes on. Like, it goes, like, for people that are familiar with the song, there's a little bit of a soft intro, and I hear that, I'm like, come on, there's no way that they're playing that here. We're in a restaurant. And this is a hard hip-hop song. Like, the beat is is bombastic. Like, it just, it's a it's a song that, like, your all your windows in your car need to be down, or you need to be wearing some Beats by Dre's or something in your headphones, or it's playing at a club. Anyway, so effing problem plays... And I almost lose it. Like, what kind of a restaurant is playing hip-hop like this? This is amazing. And I wasn't ready for what, what, what came next. They played Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. The Wu-Tang Clan was playing on the speakers in an upscale restaurant in Montreal. I, I was like, this is not happening I bomb atomically. Software Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses can't define how I'd be dropping these mockeries. Triumph by the Wu-Tang Clan was on. It was incredible. Chuck Hughes, if this gets back to you, you will always get my money either there at Galt Manger or at Bremner whenever I'm in the 514. The other story comes from the NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, in Houston, which I will talk a little bit about with my guest today. So I worked uh, with Sprite on this um, on this event for about six months in what they called the Sprite Uncontainable Game. There were 24 basketball players from all over the world playing in this game that featured international NBA players as coaches. Serge Ibaka from the o- Oklahoma City Thunder, Omri Caspi from the Cleveland Cavaliers, Andrea Bargnani from the Toronto Raptors, LeBron James with Miami Heat, and my dude, Kobe Bryant of the Lakers. So the piece that Kobe and LeBron agreed to was about interpreting imagery, like adding context to iconic images of each other in an authentic way. So Kobe would write some words on an image of LeBron James, and LeBron James would write about Kobe Bryant. Like, this is something that people have never seen before, and they probably haven't done it before, where they're writing, well, maybe maybe in private, but never publicly. And it was a very cool experience because the guys were very playful, and, and they're rarely seen together, Kobe and LeBron, except for the Summer Olympics. Anyway, before the game started, uh, and before I shot the interview with uh, Kobe and LeBron, Kobe was late. He was like 20, 25 minutes late and kept, I mean, kept everybody waiting and ultimately kept LeBron waiting. Uh, and, And I will say this, the traffic in Houston was a nightmare. It was like, if you're trying to go to Best Buy or Target or Walmart on like Black Friday or like Boxing Day here in Canada, it, it was like that. And, and and if those stores were the only ones in that city, it was like that times about 17. It was awful. Awful. Anyway, backstage, LeBron is waiting in this sort of this green room area. 
Um, and he was early, by the way. I give LeBron props. He was early to his commitment to Sprite. He was like 10 minutes early, so which made his wait like half an hour. So I don't blame him. And he's the best basketball player in the world, LeBron James, like one of the greatest, one of the best athletes on planet Earth, LeBron James. Like, like you know, it's, 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 you know it's, it's his show as well as Kobe's show. So at one point, LeBron says, NBA, National Bean Association. That's Kobe's middle name, Bean. And uh, he didn't want to wait for, for Kobe. He said, like, he, he just, he wasn't, he wasn't super pissed, but he just wasn't pleased. It's almost like when it wasn't until Michael Jordan left the NBA where Kobe could grab a hold of the league. And I think until Kobe Bryant leaves the league, then LeBron James can really own the NBA. I mean, with that said, if LeBron wins the NBA championship this year, then maybe that throws that out of the window. But there's still a bit of Kobe's residue and his mark in the game. Either way, LeBron is the best basketball player in the world. And why was he waiting? Bean. My guest was also at the NBA All-Star Weekend in Houston, and we will get into that as well as him being one of seven Canadians playing in the NBA right now. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. By way of Brampton, Ontario, if you grew up in that area, you may have caught a glimpse of the towering six foot nine youngster uh, planning which sneakers he was going to buy at the Foot Locker or the Champs at the Bramley City Center or in line at the Taco Bell in the food court. Uh, when I met him at an awards banquet in 07-ish, I awkwardly hugged him after he accepted an award for being awesome. And then he took his awesome to the University of Texas and after one season continued his awesome in the NBA, drafted number four in 2011 by the not-so-awesome Cleveland Cavaliers, but they're becoming more awesome, and I'm pleased to be joined by Tristan Thompson. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Cavs. How you doing? I'm wonderful. On Twitter, it's at RealTristan13, and on Instagram, it's at RealTristan13. Um, where are you right now in the world? Right now, I'm in Cleveland. Just finished practice. And, um, like, it, is it... Is, is the weather similar to what we have at home? Like, there are blizzards and, like, two-foot snowbanks. No, not at all. It's sunny right now. Uh, I'm going to have my windows down. It might be a little cold, but I'm going to have my windows down and enjoying the sun today. Oh, okay, you're, so you're soaking up that global warming is what you're saying to me. Yeah, yeah, basically, you know, the mother nature and the sun's being nice to uh, Cleveland, Ohio right now. So, so Tristan, okay, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you saw this, but, like, when, when J.J. Barea, who's, like, Five foot eight on the books, but probably in real life five foot two. If you know he knocked down Ray Allen the other day, and and if someone five foot eight knocked you on your butt, how hard would it be for you to keep your cool? Uh, you gotta keep it cool, you know. No, but how hard would it be though, Tristan? Because like it's that's a little dude. Like he's like he's basically a grown child. Well, basically, no, no five, no, no man under six foot is knocking me down. <laughs> that ain't never gonna happen to me. But if it did, he's gonna wish he never ever did that. I, is it even possible to knock down Jesus Shuttlesworth? Like I, I didn't think Jesus could be touched. 
I'm not talking to the, you know, the untouchable son, you know, the, the prodigy child. So, you know, I guess I don't know what kind of powers Daisy Barrett got, but he definitely made a mistake doing that. Yeah, he, yeah, and 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 Ray Allen obviously got heated. I was uh, I was joking with a friend of mine this morning. We were exchanging text messages. I was like, it's it's got to be hard for Ray to go home and look his wife in the face, like after she. <laughs> After she saw those, either she was at the game or saw the highlights. Like, that's that's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one to explain to the wife. But, yeah. you know, uh, my excuse would probably be like, you know, the low on balance. I was, you know, he caught me on one foot, so mm. my balance wasn't that good. If I was on two feet and, and planted, that wouldn't happen. Right. So you, you just you just gave her, give her the little lesson in physics. You, like, blame the physics of the situation. Yeah, for... exactly. And if she questions it, then, you know, she, no, she ain't going to want to question it. I'm not going to be a good look for her. <laughs> So when, when things get uh, heated in a game, are you the guy that holds your teammates back, or do you secretly want one of your teammates to punch a dude? No, you know, first of all, we don't want no one, you know, violating one of my teammates' face and making my teammates feel awkward. So we all get each other's back. Um, but, you know, we definitely don't want to promote violence. That's not what the game is. No, no, I know, I know that. But, like, are you, okay, but, like, there's always, like, you know, there are teammates that will just, or you have friends that always, like, be the first one to, like, hold people back. And then there's just going to be, like, that one friend that just sort of lays in the cut just because he wants to see what happens. Uh, Which guy know, are you? Uh, I want to see what happens, but if something breaks out, then I definitely got my teammates back. I'm not going to get nothing. So I'm on the phone here with uh, Tristan Thompson of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, and okay, so last night I'm at work and I was preparing for our conversation and like a security guard and like one of the maintenance guys came over to my desk and they were arguing about Kobe versus LeBron. And they asked me like, if you could start, if you had to start a team with one player, who's like, who's your number one pick? And I don't know if I'm going to ask you that question, but when you're, when you're in the league, do you guys and your friends, do you have arguments like that? Uh, whenever both players both have a good night or when they both go at each other in a match of them, we talk about them. But besides that, not really. More of my buddies back home when we talk about sports during the off season, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely get into that. So there's you know there's like there's always those like crazy not crazy but those those uh, conversations with the with the long hypotheticals like you know and and like I don't know if you have a guy like this in your circle of friends or maybe in your locker room, but like who's the guy that when you when you're arguing. The guy that speaks the loudest thinks he wins the argument. Who's that guy? Oh, that's my that's my, uh, that's my I got a buddy back home. His name is uh his name is Aaron. He's definitely like that. He definitely thinks he's the loudest, and then he'll try to pull out stats that make no relevance of the argument, <laughs> and it definitely does not connect anything. But he thinks that he's right, but he's always wrong. I love those guys, and those are always the guys, Tristan, that have the made-up stats. Like, 87% of the time, blah, 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 blah. Like, those kind of dudes. I, I, I have a friend like that as well who always has these made-up stats. Mm-hmm. Is there a guy on your team that does that too? Uh, make-up stats? Uh, probably uh, CJ Miles. <laughs> You know, because he came out of high school, so he wants to prove to everyone, you know, that, that you know, he still can compete with, the, you know, the college students. So when you, um, okay, so when you guys are either on the bus or on the plane and, like, you guys have your conversations or arguments, your sports ones, like, best quarterback, best soccer player in the world, who's got the better car in the, in the parking lot. I know professional athletes are very competitive, because that's just by your nature how you guys are built. Do those do those conversations ever get heated? 
Yeah, they get heated. Yeah, definitely when it comes to uh, comes to clothes and fashion, guys definitely have different opinions. So we definitely get after it with each other, especially me and Omri Cashy. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, do you guys have fashion arguments? Or, yeah, or fashion arguments or what what looks good, what doesn't look good, you know. So we go we go back and forth. Uh, Tristan, can you tell me what's up with the hipster movement in the NBA? I know your friends at home ask you about it. What what's up with all these hipsters? The hip- <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, you know, times are changing, and guys are trying to start new things. You know, I got my own way of how I dress and how I do things. You know, I'm not gonna say my way is the best way, but my way, you know, it works out pretty well, as you can tell by if you look at my Instagram, real Tristan13. Check me out. Yeah, no, your your style is very. You almost have like a classic, almost like a um, like a urban Ralph Lauren. Like it's. I saw your picture with you and uh, the picture with you and Pitbull on a yeah. uh, on a boat. What were you yeah. doing with Pitbull on a boat, dude? <laughs> oh, man, me and Pitbull, we, we were doing some, uh, I'm doing some off-the-court things with him, so, you know, I can't give out too much, but, you know. Tristan, come on. Check, this is the, check, check, me on the summertime. check me out in the summertime on your TV screen. Tristan, this is, just, this is a conversation between friends. Friends are allowed to exchange information and, and tell each other about what they have planned for the summer. It's going to be a good summer. Let's just say that. Anytime, I'm, anytime you're a pit bull, come on now. They call him Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, so well, they, that's you true. Know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. on boat, come on now. Mr. 305, like, were you guys in uh, in Miami when you when you shot that or took those photos? Yeah, yeah, we were in Miami shooting uh, shooting a commercial. So. so what is it yeah. like What is it like to roll with Pitbull for a day or a night or a couple of days, like, after work? Oh, well... Uh, we didn't. I didn't get to chop it up with him after because I had to fly to Chicago. We had a game the next day, but there's a time I spent with him. He's a cool guy, you know. Uh, he knows a lot about basketball, especially down, you know, University of Miami. He had a lot of friends that went there, so we we're talking about basketball, and, and he knows his stuff. That's cool. So, okay, let me get back to your friends real quick. When you, I mean, you, you, you're from Brampton, and I'm sure you have a close circle of your closest of your closest dudes, and everybody in the community is like. You know, they root for you. I remember on draft night when you got drafted, I was so proud. Like, you went number four. And, and in my lifetime, a Canadian has never been drafted. I think there was a Canadian back in, like, the 50s, so before the modern era. that may, I, I think it was drafted, like, two or three. I'm not, I'm not certain, but at the, that night when David Stern announced your name, I, you know, firing that on Twitter and, you know, high-fiving people, like, it was, it was awesome. Okay, so now that you've made it in the NBA and your your bank account is a little bit different. Who's the hardest person for you to say no to? Hardest person to say no to? Well, uh, probably uh, myself. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a great answer. <laughs> myself, because everyone in my circle understands, understands you know, what I've what I found to Jay here and, and respects what I want to do with my bank account. So I, I guess the hardest person to say no to is myself. When I see something nice, I... I usually, you know, get it, but sometimes you gotta control. You know, might not have to get it now, might have to get it later. Right, very nice. Okay, well, we'll keep thinking that way. It's good to have restraint sometimes, because as you probably saw that uh, ESPN documentary broke, which I'm sure everybody was talking about. That was pretty. That was revealing, man. It was, and and then like Terrell Owens recently, it's like that dude is, man, that dude is just in a tight situation right now. So we don't want that for you. Yeah, exactly. I don't want that for myself because, especially being Canadian, I don't want to be the first ever highest drafted and then the first ever athlete that's claiming to be bankrupt. That's not a good feeling. No, then back home. Yeah, no, that's not a good look because then you'll have to be walking those, the hallways of the Bramley City Center, waiting for that sale. Remember at Champs when they had those buy one get the other one for buy half one, price? Half price. Yep, yep, yep. 
It was champs and Foot Locker. Dude, I was just in Montreal. I bought uh, two pairs of shoes only because one was half price. Then nothing changes. Nothing changes except the, the address. You still the same. Yeah. So, okay. So, from the moment you got drafted on that, that night in June, when was so how long did it take before you actually got your first NBA check? I don't know. I don't want to know the amount. I just want to know, like, how long until you got that first. You know, that blue piece of paper in that envelope, and you're looking at your thing, you're like, whoa. Well, checks don't start coming in until February 15th, so you got to wait a little bit for you to get your first NBA check. Wait a second. Say what? So when you got drafted in No, no, not February. No, not February. I mean uh, November 15th. Oh, wow. So that was, so like the whole summer, you were like, yeah, it's coming, but like you had to wait. Yeah, you got to wait. You got to wait. You got to be patient. And um, and on that draft day, you wore a pretty nice suit. It was it was again it was it was a classic. I think it was was it black with a black tie. Or was no, it navy blue? It was navy. It was navy. It was, it was navy, navy with a uh, light brown shoes, uh, like a light purple, like a light purple uh, undershirt. It was the best, best dress, by the way. New York Times dress, by the way. So so Tristan, what what's happened to that suit? Have you worn it since? No, it's a draft day suit. You only wore for the draft one time. You just wore that one time, so you spent whatever you spent. How much did you spend on that suit, that outfit? Uh, I don't remember. I just bought it. You did. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, it's just sitting in your. Is it at in your parents' house in uh, in in back here in in uh, Brampton, or is it with you in Cleveland? No, nah, it's with me. But you know, I got a little bigger, so I can't wear that suit no more. I was two twenty five when I got when I got fitted for that suit. Now, you know, two thirty five. So you know, ten pounds is, is a whole lot. Of Come on, ten pounds. <laughs> Ten pounds isn't that much. Like you're not you're not bursting out of the seams. I mean, I know you're a little more diesel now. You've grown into your body, but it's not it's not that bad, is it? Uh, you know, I just want to make sure if I'm gonna do something, I gotta do it right. I don't want no hiccups, not looking awkward. I want to make sure where it gotta fit me right. <laughs> now, okay, so you went to the University of Te- Texas. Going to quickly shout out Mike Cabongo. I know you have a close relationship with the dude. I have a I have a relationship with him. I love the kid. He's got a great personality. Now, if if Kevin Durant, okay, who was a, a Texas alum, who I think has his number retired in your guys' uh, gym, mm-hmm. or Johnny Manziel, the uh, the Heisman-winning quarterback from Texas A&M, if they walked into a crowded restaurant and say, I'm going to pick, like, Odessa, Texas, and there's mm-hmm. only one booth in the restaurant, who gets the booth? Kevin Durant better get the booth. <laughs> <laughs> he better get the booth. Just because you want a Heisman doesn't mean... You uh, you know, uh, NBA finalist. That's that's a whole different, whole different ball game right there. And well, Kevin Durant has that long money. I mean, Johnny Manziel yeah. will get it, but he's got. But listen, but have you seen? Okay, you you take you don't take like I looked on your Instagram account yesterday, and and for the people listening, it's real Tristan thirteen. It like you don't have extravagant like look at me type of pictures. Your your pictures are like, hey, I got this outfit on. Boom, I'm going to the game. This is me with Pitbull, and behind us there are thirty thousand of the hottest Miami women on seventeen yachts around us. But you can't see that. You can only see me and Pitbull smiling. Exactly, but <laughs> exactly. I don't know if you've seen Johnny Manziel's Johnny life. Manziel, I heard about Johnny his, Manziel, I heard excuse about me. His, uh, his, his his lifestyle. He wants everyone to know he'd be going to live and. And All Star Weekend, he's been he's been living it up, he's dude. Opioxo, he's he, he's big. He he wants everyone to know what's going on with him. So that's what I mean. So like, and his and he apparently he is no longer taking classes in class at Texas A and M. All his classes will be online. So you're just gonna go to practice, play games, and pretend to go to class. So what I'm saying wow. is, he, I mean his. 
his lifestyle in a digital way is huge. So I, j- I just think maybe maybe he does get that booth in Odessa, Texas over Kevin Durant. I'm not sure. Well, well the, the, the owner of Odessa, if they get Johnny Manziel to see before Kevin Durant, they need a... I will not be eating there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so speaking of speaking of a crazy lifestyle, I'm not sure if you saw this, but Drake from Toronto made a made it rain at a at a night spot in Charlotte. My dude, he came in with a cardboard box with 50 G's, and he was literally making it rain so much so that the entire floor was covered in bills. What's the um? What's the closest you've seen to dumb money spent in your in your short time in the NBA or in those circles? Dumb money spent. Uh, whenever you, you know when you go out and have a good time, or you know whenever you go to like big cities like Miami or LA or New York, you always got those one guys that are you know spending a lot of cash on you know bottles and having a good time. So you know the guys the guys want to spend their money how they want to. You know it's not my money they're spending so. You know, they, they do it however they please, and if they got it, I guess why not? Enjoy yourself. Okay, but, okay, so what's the, okay, so you're talking about, okay, so you, like, you mentioned Live in Miami, which is a huge club, and it's super popular and super expensive, or clubs in L.A. or whatever. So what is, what's, like, what's, like, the most extravagant you've seen a night? Most extravagant, I've seen uh, someone purchase about 60 bottles. What? How yeah. sick? Did you sorry? Did you say six zero bottles? Yeah, sixty bottles. Sixty. And where was that in Vegas or was that in L.A.? That was actually in uh, Miami. Oh my goodness! Oh my. So with sixty bottles, how many? How many young ladies were in that dude's vicinity? Like two hundred? Uh, not. Well, actually, he had a lot of his dudes there, so I guess it was for his homeboys. Uh, I guess his dad who does the uh, exporting for. Some Hispanic company. I don't know what what the guy does, but that's what they were saying on the microphone. <laughs> oh, it's just like, hey, this dude's in exports, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. The, the, the bit. Yeah, to give, give his whole bio. <laughs> they read his Wikipedia page, and then every girl just scurried over to his area to have to meet an army of dudes who wouldn't let them in unless they were handpicked by that dude. Yeah, probably. That's how it goes. <laughs> so uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll get you out of here on this. Um, I uh, so when I did see you was at the All Star game and you're in Houston and experiencing it as a as a sophomore. Who was the um, who was the guy that you bonded with um, on that trip that uh, you hadn't really hung out with before? Haven't really hung out with. Well, everyone that I hung out with all during All Star weekend is just people in my close circle. So I was around just my family members. So I didn't really. You know, me and me and Kenneth Fareed chopped it up a little bit because we were on the same team for the rookie sophomore game. So me and him, uh, you know, got a close bond during the time we spent with each other. That's cool. Hey, he's he's a, he's a great talent. I, I mean, that guy's like super exciting. Is there? Yeah. Is there any? Who's the funniest person that you've you've been around? Funniest person I've been around? My teammate Kyrie. Kyrie's the funniest. Yeah. I mean, it's I love me. That's him. I, I love his. Are you going to make an appearance in one of his Pepsi commercials? Man, I, I don't know, man. I'm trying to I'm, I'm put my bid in. I'm going to do a monologue and see if I'm good enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to give him a sales pitch? Yeah, exactly. What, I, mean, I need some love. Need well, some make, love make sure you have a Jerry Maguire in there as well who can help you uh, with that pitch. It would be great to see you in uh, in one of those ads because I think those are those are great. Uh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, uh, 
He had his awesome right now is being employed by the Cleveland Cavaliers at Real Tristan Thirteen on Instagram. Real Tristan Thirteen. It's been a real pleasure uh, speaking with you, man, and, and uh, I can't wait. I'll, I'll look forward to seeing you in the summertime. All right, sounds good. Appreciate you having me on the show, Cabby. My pleasure, brother. Thank you for listening to Cabby Presents the podcast.